Welcome to the Encounter YA podcast, helping young adults follow Jesus. Here are your hosts, Garrett Cars and Annika Carter. We've all experienced times in our walk with God when we just don't feel it and we aren't getting much out of our time alone with him and we can't see what he's doing and we just feel distant. So in this episode, Garrett and I are going to talk about our own experiences and give some helpful tools to see God's faithfulness even in the midst of drought. Okay, so welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Today, like we mentioned, we are talking about how to walk through dry seasons. We're just going to give you guys some just very practical tips today. Um, it's nothing crazy, um, but just kind of talk about Garrett and I's own experiences walking through dry seasons and then also just give you guys some um, some basic uh ways that we can kind of walk through that and and things to do or just words of encouragement for times that you're walking through those. So um, that's what today's episode is going to look like. And to start us off, we figured we would talk about just like some reasons that we might be experiencing dry seasons. This is obviously, um, of course, something that, uh, you know, affects pretty much, I mean, to my knowledge, every believer at some (laughs) point in some capacity. Um, And these are just a couple of the reasons that we know of. Um, and that we kind of thought of are one is like feelings of unworthiness, um, either overall or of God's love specifically. Um, and then uh, we can't see God's uh, God's uh, hand in our lives. Maybe he feels a little bit distant um, or we're struggling to trust him or maybe we simply just don't trust him. Uh, tragedy that can, of course, always trigger a, t- a season of dry, dry. Wow can always trigger a dry season. Um, basing God's closeness off of our feelings, um, busyness, not spending time with God and just spending it elsewhere instead, um, kind of having our priorities out of line. Um, God's up to something that we can't really see. And so since we can't see it, we feel like we're just not experiencing anything. Um, or, you know, we just don't know <laughs> and it just you know happens yes <laughs> which yeah. personally i feel like nine times out of ten that's me <laughs> yeah. it's just like oh i'm experiencing this <laughs> yeah yeah and i think i i literally added that in there like half literally a as i was talking <laughs> yeah because i i think so many times and i i really do actually want to talk a little about about each one i think so many times we're looking for an answer to what we're experiencing and yeah. there's just simply not an answer yep and so I think that that's okay. Like right. we have to um, trust that God's in control. He knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's okay. Like there's yeah. just, I think there's times where we just, we simply don't know. Yep. And that's okay. But I wanted to talk a little bit about each one because you went pretty quickly through them. The first one you mentioned was just feelings of unworthiness. Yeah. Um, like we're not worthy of God's love. We're not worthy of other people's love. And that actually, I think there's this, it's a hard, it's hard to approach God when we're feeling unworthy. Now, this isn't like a, hey, you need to love yourself, <laughs> you right. know, like a self-love like thing. But at the same time, when we're feeling unworthiness, for me, a lot of times this happens after I've wrestled with sin. Mm-hmm. Like I've struggled with sin and here I am going, crawling back to God for the umpteenth time. Yeah. And I'm like, why do you? love me <laughs> you know yeah. why? and there and there are a lot of things that can cause a sense of unworthiness but for me that's the biggest thing is like 
man, I've struggled with the same sin again. Yep. Here I am asking for forgiveness for the same thing again. I just feel so unworthy. I don't think I should be struggling with this. And so right. here I am again, God. Yeah. And it just takes me time. It honestly does. It takes me time. I can guarantee you that if I've struggled with this sin, that it's going to take me a couple of days to really get back into like into being like, okay, I'm good. God, are we good? Mm-hmm. That type of thing. Um, the other thing is that we see God as distant. I think a lot of times this happens because of our earthly father or something yep, that's definitely. happened to our past, and w- we have a hard time approaching God, um, struggling to trust God. I think there's sometimes that a certain circumstance happens in our life, and it causes us to, dr- to doubt the trustworthiness of God. I think yeah. that's a key that the enemy tries to use. Yeah. Mine's definitely, like, I usually struggle with trusting God if I've experienced dishonesty in my life recently like yeah. from a friend or from yeah. whoever if someone's like been dishonest with me recently then i like start to start experiencing up. right i start experiencing a kind of distrust towards god yeah and then that's exactly what happens with tragedy something happens mm-hmm. in our life we can't explain why i think it happens and a lot of times we we turn around and we blame god god mm-hmm. why did you do this why did this happen we don't understand that god's in control he knows exactly what's going on and it, I think the biggest tragedy that's ever happened was that Jesus was crucified on the cross. He knows what you're going through. <laughs> he knows what you're going through. He understands pain. He understands loss. Mm-hmm. And so the place we should be going in the midst of that is to God, but it's the hardest place to go, I think. It's yeah. the hardest. And I think tragedy either does one or two things. It either completely pushes you away from God or it could be a tool where you get closer to yeah. God. And I will say too, like, saying that is true but also that doesn't mean it's always pulling you in and you always yes, feel like right, you're growing right, in right sure. just if you are like the process of you know uh experiencing tragedy and, and grieving tragedy yes. or whatever is it's just that it's a process so yes. some days you literally feel like god yes. is a bajillion feet away and you don't get it yeah and you don't feel like you're growing yeah. closer towards right him. and i think a lot of times you'll look back and you'll see right wow You'll see the hand God of God. was in the middle of all of it. Yes. And I think we have to do that, especially in the midst of tragedy. And then, obviously, basing close God's closeness off of feelings, I think we've all done that. I think everybody's guilty of that. We got the tingles in worship. We went home, and we don't get the tingles anymore. And so, <laughs> you know, I think, and it is like, and I'm not saying that we can't get emotional during worship, and that's ungodly. I just think that if that's the only time we sense God's presence, then then we that might be a problem. Right. So, and then busyness. I think for me, this is the biggest thing. Like, mm-hmm. either we don't know, we have no idea, or busyness. We're just too busy. We don't spend the time with God that we need to, or things are dry, and so we don't do them. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, and then God's up to something we can't see. I think that's, that's something that's pretty easily explainable. Mm-hmm. So, I think for me, I, I've actually been feeling, um, like, recently, probably the last... I don't know, a few months, maybe six months that I've been walking through dry season. I, I feel like I don't have um, drive. I feel like I don't have ambition. And um, yeah, so I, I don't really know. can't explain it. That's kind of why I put we don't know <laughs> because that's the way I, I sense that I really, I've, I, I think it's either one, I'm, I've been busy. I've been focusing on too many things at once and not being able to do exactly what I need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but also I'm just like, why? Every time I feel like I go, I'm like, okay, I like 
there'll be little like little tidbits, little things that happen, but I just don't sense like, oh, this is just outpouring. And and so it's just hard. Like I feel like I'm trudging through water and mud and I just can't continue to move forward. Um, But as I was thinking about this passage, sorry, as I was thinking about this topic, I was actually reminded, and one of the things that I remind myself when I'm walking through difficult seasons is actually Jeremiah 29 passage. Now, I know we just talked about it, so (laughs) we don't need to go through the context. Thank God. Yeah. Uh, But I I wrote this down. I just wanted to share with with you guys because as I think about dry seasons, a lot of times this is kind of the verse that I go to that really encouraged me encourages me to keep moving, to keep going forward. Yeah. It's a Jeremiah 29, 12 through 13. It says, then you will call upon my name and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you search me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and I will restore you from captivity and gather you from all the nations, the places which I've banished you, declares the Lord. I will restore you to the place from which I sent you into exile. For me, verse 13 is yeah. that that sense of it's in the midst of, midst of a dry season. I think that when we're in the midst of a non-dry season, when it seems like we have access to God's presence at the tip of a finger, it's not, it's not that we don't search for him, but it's just like, hey, it's so much easily, it's easier done. And mm-hmm. I think there's actually times where we go through a dry season so we actually know what it looks like to search God with all of your heart. Yeah. And that can be a teaching um, opportunity for us to learn, oh, this is what it takes. This is what it looks like for us to understand, to actually search for God. Where are we finding him today? Even if it's hard, even if it's dry. And so I think for me, I am going through a a semi-dry season right now, but the other dry season that was really hard for me was actually in the midst of seminary. Um, Mm -hmm. and if you ask people who've gone to seminary, they They might, they probably (laughs) would tell you it's, it's a slog. It's a lot. I mean, we were reading ah, six, 600 like pages of material a week. Mm -hmm. It's all about the Bible. And then I was doing ministry on top of that. And all I felt, I I felt like it changed my perspective of the Bible from this place of like, Hey, this is. Uh, my food. This is my source. This is my sustain, yeah. like sustaining power. This is where I get intimacy with God. It changed it from that to like, this is my homework. Yeah. Like this is my re- job. This is my responsibility. These are, and, and so I still believe that it's impacting me today. Now I'm not saying that you shouldn't go to seminary. I'm not saying I believe seminary made me a better pastor personally, but at the same time, it made it really difficult for me at the time. And I still think that it does it sometimes is where I, this is like my job instruction manual, right? <laughs> like, Hey, okay, what should we preach on? Yeah. You know, it crosses th- a lot of yes, bounds yeah. instead and, of just being, Hey, this is, I go to right. this. I, and so for me, I've been praying, continually praying like, God, would you restore my love for your word? Like it was when the, when I rededicated my life. Cause when I rededicated my life, dude, I was like, I was reading this thing. I'm like, what? What? Oh my gosh. It says that. Like, that's crazy. Like, (laughs) and I want that passion. Like, I want that desire. Like, I want, like David says, his heart pants like a deer without, like a deer for water. I think that's it. Uh, Out of context, go back. Um, But like, I want that desire. I want God's word to be that for me again. And I don't, 
I just haven't gotten there. And so that's been a really hard place for me mm-hmm. personally in the midst of of walking through dry seasons. Yeah, that's really good. Um, for me, I think when I first experienced a dry season, I was like really freaked out. <laughs> I was like, uh, what's happening? Like, w- holy crap. <laughs> Freaking God out. God doesn't love me anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Especially because it was like right after like my dedication. And so, well, not right after, but you know, the first one after that. And I was like, this isn't what I know what it's like to follow God. So what the heck is wrong? Like something has to be like <laughs> really going on. Um, When I first came back to Christ, obviously like my life didn't match what God had for my life. And I think I mistook God renovating my life for what it meant to be intimate with God, mm-hmm. right? And so I think especially new believers do this a lot. Yeah. And I don't think I'm the only one who's ever done it, right? That like I, there was no longer like corners of my life that I was preserving for myself and, and blocking God out of completely. And just like, I was no longer unwilling to let God into areas of my life. I, he wasn't constantly making me give up relationships and and um work and you know activities you know my the ways that i had fun right he wasn't asking me to do any of that anymore because i'd already done it and i wasn't just like sitting there like ingesting like you know drinking from a fire hydrant vibes of like everything all the time and just everything wasn't like revolutionary anymore and it wasn't like just rocking my world and i wasn't like you know just shocked all the time and so i was like oh my gosh, like, am I sliding backwards? Like, am I, you know, running from God? Is God like no longer really like pursuing me? You know, no. And so it really, it caused me to really seek God and be like, dude, what's going on? Because I don't feel like I'm getting anything. I'm not seeing the fruit of my intimacy with you in that way anymore. So I was scared. And let's just clear that up really quick. That's not the only way that God is intimate with you. That's not the only fruit of God's intimacy. That's not the only proof of God's presence. That's just, you know, what it's like to rededicate your life to God. And and there will be seasons where I always say, right, that God is, God is actually really, um, he's patient with us, right? He's kind. And you know how hard it is to to go through those like forging moments of God just like breaking you down, like breaking down everything you've ever known. And that's really exhausting and and it takes a lot. And God is good in the fact that like he's going to give you a moment and he's going to just be with you and he's teaching you just as much. And um, that was super <laughs> hard for my brain to compute because I was like, if I'm not sobbing <laughs> and like getting my life wrecked right now, then like, where's God? Yeah. You know, and so um, as like, right, as I've I've been, you know, dedicated to Christ for I don't even know, I guess, how many years, years. ago is that now? <laughs> I'm getting old. Um, but I've learned, right, that God is faithful in the moments of quiet just as much as he is in the moments of teardown. Right. And that that isn't what it really looks like for me to be uh you know, spiritually fruitful. That's not really what that is, right? That's just one component of of God's um, making over of your life, right? So that is kind of, you know, the first time that I really experienced it. And it really made me feel like I was perhaps distant and and 
not being brought close by desperation. I actually had to pursue, right? And that's two totally different things. And we experience both in and out of life and and will for the rest of my life experience times where I'm just like desperate for God and times that I have to turn and pursue God and call upon God, right? Not that he has moved, but just different types. It's like different muscles, right? You're flexing like different components of your relationship with God. And so consistency for me is the thing that gets me through dry seasons is just, just, just do it. <laughs> and um, it's still really the only thing that that works is just doing it because sometimes it's all I can do to just do it, um, to just pray, to just read my Bible, to just quote scripture, to just memorize scripture. You know, those things, sometimes that's all I can do. And it's not even like, read. let me read a full chapter. It's like, let me read two verses and then I'm going to just ponder that all day. God sees your heart. So those two verses, if your heart is there, man, and you're, if your heart can only take those two verses and your heart is like dedicated in those two verses, you're like, God, I'm pursuing you. This is me just trying to, you know, um, show up and, and just be with you for a moment. Um, that God sees your heart in that more than he sees your reading of two chapters and your heart is not in it. And you're not you're not really trying to be there just to be in the presence and be be with God, right? So um, always remember, like God knows your heart and He sees your desire, even when you don't feel like you're making process progress or you don't feel like you're getting what you want out of Scripture or you don't feel like you're getting anything out of Scripture. You don't feel like you're getting anything out of your prayer time. God sees your heart and He knows that you're you're making that decision um, to to pursue and be with Him even when we aren't really feeling it. Um, so in the end, right, it's about your relationship. And I think marriage and, and just like uh, relationships in general are a good kind of comparison because it's not like Jake and I are always making these huge strides and bounds towards advancing and improving our marriage. And that's not even um, when we were doing premarital, our, the couple that mentored us, they were talking about, you know, how they had to change the way they evaluated their marriage because they always evaluated it in terms of what they've been doing better. And they were like, we need to stop because that's not the only way that this relationship is is marked as healthy or marked as good is not just what have we been accomplishing, right? Not just, you know, how have we been advancing and doing things less wrong than we did before. And it's the same with our relationship with God. It's not just about what we've been doing less wrong before, but it's about our heart and our desire and our ability to just be intimate with one another. That's more important, right? Is our intimacy with God than it is to just feel like we're getting something. Yeah. Yeah. So we wanted to give you a little encouragement just to kind of, what do you do? What are some steps for you to walk through some dry seasons? So the first one is find the root. So be purposeful and introspective. So look at yourself. Is there any way within me? Search my heart, oh God. Is there any wrongful way about me? What is, is there something wrong? Am I doing something wrong? Am I habitually sinning? Am I um, having a wrong heart attitude? Like it doesn't have to necessarily be just sin, but what is it actually? What is going on inside of me? And be honest, like, mm -hmm. and take the time to listen to God. <laughs> He's <laughs> the one who knows and trust and understands you. So are we actually going to look at ourselves, evaluate our own lives? And then if there are things that need to change, are we willing to right. make those changes? Yeah. I think those are really, really important things. The second one is to talk to God. Are you already doing this? If you're being introspective, asking God to look at your heart, 
So ask and ask him to speak in, to you in some way. I think this is a really weird thing for people, right? Yeah. It can be this weird, really weird thing, right? And <laughs> okay, just trying to take the weirdness off it, but I can remember this story. And Talia's talked about this from the platform a few times, but we were at this camp in the middle of Colorado, and this uh, one of my favorite preachers of all time, Robert Gelinas, is preaching this message. At the end, he says, hey, let's ask God to speak to us, right? And maybe it can be a symbol or something like this. And so I'm like, okay, that's kind of weird, but whatever, you know, like, oh, whatever, I, okay, Robert, I trust you, like, <laughs> you're godly. So I'm <laughs> sitting there, and I'm just like, just sitting there thinking, praying, and like, look over at Taya. She's praying way harder than me, I think. And <laughs> considering so, you're looking at her, yeah, yeah probably. 100%. 100%. She's just searching God, asking for God. And, and I'm just like sitting there and I'm kind of getting weirded out because all I can think about is the cross. You know, I'm like, that's dumb. You're like, lame. I want something cool. <laughs> like, what does that have to do with I don't me? know. <laughs> you know, I'm just like, and I'm like, that's so weird. It's like, why is God asking? And I can remember just, it's this crazy moment. I'm thinking about the cross. It's like, man, that's really what God wants to show me. Think about the cross. Think about the cross. That's all I could, in my brain, that's all I could think about. And I'm like, that's so dumb. I'm like, that's not even, that's, why would that be? And I'm not even kidding you. Robert Gelinas walks, he, get, he got off stage. He sat down. They're playing some music. He walks back up. He stands up and he just said, I want you guys to know the cross is enough. You're all, oh. And I'm like, (laughs) I guess it is. (laughs) Okay. All right, God, I get you. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I see you. I'm hearing you. So those are the things where, and and when I say hear God, it wasn't like God, the the cross, Garrett. Think about it. It was a it was a thought in my mind. Yeah, that impression on your heart. Impression Mm -hmm. on my in my mind of that's what I was thinking about. Yeah. And so we get done, and I kind of like. It's always like when I'm done preaching or something like weird like that happens, like I, I know that I don't really want to talk to Talia because she's figuring it out. <laughs> she needs time to process. And so I just kind of let it go. And, and like afterwards, we're having this conversation and I was like, so um, I told her what happened. You know, Robert gets back up, says the cross is enough. And I'm just like, okay, I get it. Mm-hmm. And she's like, yeah, mine was turtles. And I was like, okay, that's even weirder (laughs) you're like i'm happy about the cross now Uh, yeah i'll take the cross every day uh (laughs) and i was like really i was like that's interesting she's like yeah i thought it was weird i didn't say anything about it afterwards but she's like we went with um some of our friends nay and joy hoot she was talking about before i was talking about (laughs) referencing but they um wanted tally to hang out with their kids and go do some fun stuff afterwards and i had a meeting i had to go to and blah 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 boring but um, so she hops in, she literally hops in the van and EJ is so excited about this new present that his grandma got him. And he's like, look, 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 I got a new present. I got a new present. And I'm saying, this is literally less than, it's like less than five minutes after we in the service, she's getting in the, in this van. She thinks it's the weirdest thing that the impression she was getting on her mind was a turtle. The first thing that happens is EJ literally opens this package up and guess what it is? It's a turtle. <laughs> And I was like, oh, and she's like, okay, God. And now when she sees turtles, she's reminded of God's love for her. 
That's as simply as that. And so it doesn't have to be weird, okay? It doesn't have to necessarily be like this weird thing where you're praying and you're like thinking of an animal and you're like, wow, cool, that's my <laughs> spirit animal or whatever. Like oh, it's no. not it. That's not what we're saying. But there are times where I think that through prayer, through prayer, through seeking God, God will speak to us and help us understand that we are loved. That simply is that. And that was the moment that Ty and I needed in that time. Now you might go pray and you might ask for like, hey, God, show me a symbol of your love. And you probably won't hear anything now that because you're going to go out of this, that out of thing. And you're like, oh, I need a symbol. And it's like, God's like, no, you don't. Just mm-hmm. trust me. That's for me. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. The cross is enough. Mm-hmm. Like, that's all you need, Garrett. You need to know that I love you. Whenever time, every time you look at the cross, the cross is enough. Right. Like, And so for me, I feel love when I see the cross. So it doesn't necessarily matter. Uh, you might not, it might not make sense. It might not, you might not even hear anything, but are we actually seeking God in the midst of all of that? And then the other thing I wanted to mention was just find someone to pray and talk with. I think this is a really hard thing. We don't actually want to admit. I honestly, I didn't really want to admit that I'm going through a dry season on the podcast. Just yeah. didn't want to because I want people to think I'm spiritually elite <laughs> and I never go through a dry season, right? I like. Yeah, I, it's weird because it almost feels like admitting sin, even yes, though it's not sin. Right, right, it's just yeah, like, right. that's got to be the enemy because right. that's just so weird. Yeah, well, and I think that for me, it's just one of those things that I, I, whenever I struggle admitting with what I'm going through, God always puts people in my way that are going through the same thing. And every yeah. time I just fess up, I'm like, oh, me too, dude. Like, And so for me, part of it was just owning up like, hey, I'm in the midst of a dry season and I'm just struggling and that's okay. And mm-hmm. so, but for me, um, Matthias has been my man. Like mm-hmm. I'm going through stuff. Matthias and I, we're texting, we're going through stuff and there he's been praying for me. I've been praying for him. We're intentional reaching out to each other. We're willing yeah. to discover, hey, what's going on? I've been struggling with sin. So he's helping me, hold me accountable and vice versa if he's struggling with sin, but mostly it's just me struggling <laughs> with sin because he's perfect. And then we're- and then, Never let me forget it. <laughs> right. For real. Uh, but so I, it is one of those things. We need each other. Yeah. Like we need each other. And so you might not have that. Yeah. You might not have that person- but the prayer that we should be asking and asking God for is, hey, would you bring that person? Absolutely. Like, would you bring that person in mind for us? And and I would say, not that they would be willing to reach out, but you would have the courage to reach out to them. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a huge part of right encounter in general. That's a huge burden of ours is like, that's a huge part of life groups, discipleship, mentorship. That's a huge part of what we do is because we want you guys to be able to have a relationship with someone that you know they'll go to bat for you. They'll stand up for you. They'll pray for you. They will ask you those questions. They're willing to sit and have a conversation. Um, so, you know, if we if you don't have that, like we said, pray, be intentional, and then be willing to just reach out and um, come hang out with us because you might just meet someone who can be that for you. So the next little bit of encouragement that we have um, is just to ask yourself hard questions. Um, kind of as you're reflecting, maybe you do this with someone else. Maybe you do this alone with God. Um, you know, just as you're speaking with Him, here's a couple of things that you could ask. Um, am I casting my cares on God? Right? Those things of the Bible that God is asking us to do. Like, are we really doing them? Because we know these things, but man, like sometimes it's hard to just practice yeah. them. And so, are you really casting your cares on Him? Do I really trust Him? Am I trying to earn His love? Do I believe in his control? Those are all huge things and they seem so simple, but 
Um, and we can say like, I was having a conversation with someone uh, a couple weeks ago and I was like, you know, do you, what do you care more about what God says or wh- what someone else says? And they were like, God. And I was like, yeah, but <laughs> like, do you, do you? <laughs> right. Because like your actions right now, right? Yeah. Like what did, what did your actions say that you care more about what the person thinks? Right. So it's easy to say those things. It's easy to say, I'm casting my cares on the Lord. Right. <laughs> and like, just throw it out there. But are you really, are you really, are you, do you really trust him in this? Yeah. Not just do you trust him, but do you trust him in this? Do you trust him to care for you when you're brokenhearted? Do you trust him to pursue you when you aren't pursuing him? Do you trust him to take care of your life and your eternity, right? We just kind of, it's hard for us to conceptualize these things. Yeah. And so when you're walking through a dry season, it's important to ask yourself these things because they seem like an easy yes until we're challenged. And then they're a really hard, um, hard thing to really say yes to. Yeah. So, um, right. And am I trying to earn his love? I think that one's a great one to kind of focus in on a little bit. Um, do you feel like if, right, kind of how I was like, oh, I, I needed this proof of God's work in my life. Kind of same thing, right? Do you feel like you have to be doing th- these things in order to deserve God's love? Are you running at eight bajillion miles an hour and you're the That's sailboat with no, right, you're the sailboat with no sails up, catching the wind. You're just kind of cruising on your own. You're just paddling away. You're just doing it, right? And now you feel spiritually dry. You feel like you're in a drought because you are working and working and working and you just feel like you can't earn it. Okay. So ask yourself that. Do I believe that he's in control? Do I really believe that despite the chaos or the brokenheartedness of this situation, that God's really in control of eternity? Right. That's hard again, right? That conceptualization of of what it really means to believe that God really is who he says he is. So Praise scripture over yourself. That's another one that we would love to encourage you guys to do. Um, memorize passages, man. I just feel like this is one of those things people don't really want to do. I really hate it. I suck at memorizing things. But when I do memorize it, it's like all of a sudden God uses it all the time in everything that I'm doing. God's like, hey, remember that verse? Remember that thing that you memorized? Man, that applies right now. You should pray that over yourself. And then I just repeat it, right? That's, it, it sounds fancy to be like, praise scripture over yourself. Just means like I'm I'm just telling God, like, God, you care for me. Lord, I trust in you with all my heart. I'm not leaning on my own understanding, but I am pursuing you, right? Um, that kind of a thing, right? You're just kind of quoting scripture to yourself, really, is like all it is. It just sounds bougie and fancy. Um, so even if it's one thousand times a day that you're saying, Lord, I cast my cares on you, okay. Even if you're saying that a thousand times a day, answer each struggling of your heart and each fear with scripture. So here's just a couple, right, to kind of reference those first ones that we talked about. So tragedy. I'm not going to read all of them out loud to you, but write them down, okay? Write them down and reference them. So tragedy, Isaiah 43 verses 18 and 19, trust, Proverbs 3 verses 5 and 6, um which is what I was just quoting there earlier, God's um God's presence. If you're struggling with remembering God's presence, Joshua 1:9, uh, God's faithfulness, Hebrews 10:23. So those are all just a couple of verses that um, if you're struggling with a couple things in, in your dry season and you're struggling to see um, that you can trust God or see his presence or see his faithfulness in your life, just review those and be able to just take a moment every day, write them up on a note card and stick it up on your mirror so you can see it or stick it on your refrigerator or put it on your dashboard when you're driving. 
Um, you know, do those things that you can see it. So that way, when you're experiencing your day and you're like, man, I just don't feel God. You can just repeat Joshua 1, 9 to yourself and you're like, nope, God is present. He is with me. He is always with me. So that's what it looks like really to take those thoughts captive and submit them to the truth of the God. Okay. So God's not wasting time. That's a huge reminder of, of that I always have to tell myself when I'm experiencing a dry season. God's not wasting his time. He's not wasting my time. He's just as there. It's just as important. And he's just as powerful um, in those moments. And he's always with me. He's always with you. He always loves you. And dry seasons strengthen our faith and they grow our endurance for life. It's important that we experience these dry seasons because this is what it means to run, run the race that's set before you, right? That endurance. Um, to live a life for God instead of just live seasons for God, but just experiencing a life walking alongside God and, and the fullness of his love and mercy and grace that just walks with us and, and covers us every single day. That's why it's important to be able to faithfully walk through a dry season um, and, and to be confident that God is with you, even in the midst of drought. Thank you for joining us on the Encounter YA podcast. We'll be back in January with all new episodes. So keep up with us in the meantime on our social media channels at Encounter underscore C3. Oh.